1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got love coach and matchmaker, Leanne Galloway. Welcome, Leanne.
2: Hi, Lynn. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. I'm excited to talk about today's topic because um, I think one of the things that you're very passionate and enthusiastic about sharing is... Typically, around traits and how do we attract the right sort of partner into it, into our lives? Is, is that correct?
2: Yes, it's one of my favorite topics to discuss.
1: Excellent. So, before we get into that, Leanne, um, would you just like to share a little bit about yourself for our audience so that they get a feel for, you know, uh, I usually talk about tell us about what actually led to you being in in this industry. And I I think that's usually a good um, backstory for our audience to get a feel around my guests.
2: Yeah. So um, I became a a dating love coach through my own coaching experience. So um, in my late twenties, I had a pretty terrible breakup and my mother was one of the original life coaches back in the day, in the 90s, where if you said life coaching, somebody might have looked at you like you had three heads. (laughs) So um, I was very lucky to be around those skills very early on in my life. Mm. So when I went through the breakup and I couldn't get over it, I was so stuck. And she suggested that I work with a coach. So I worked with this wonderful breakup coach. And when I finished, I just thought I have to do this for other people. This is so important. Why does no one teach us these things? So I went to school, got my coaching certification, went to the Relationship Coaching Institute, studied with them, which their focus was more singles, thinking that I would, you know, of course, break out and just do breakups. That kind of Evolved to include breakups, but you know, it, it came part and parcel to learning how to be a successful single uh, and then About three years ago, um, through my connections, I was introduced to a wonderful matchmaker in Toronto looking to expand her uh, business with matchmakers. And with my experience already in the dating world, it just seemed like a really great fit. So um, that started my matchmaking career. And I really felt like my coaching complemented that so well, because so many people just want you to find them love not realising that there's some inner work and some things that they could really use some help on. So that's kind of been my journey over the last decade.
1: Excellent. I love that. And I think that um, it's so important, like you say, to do that inner work first and get your own self to, you know, at the highest level, I suppose, in terms of your own awareness, awareness at any moment in time to attract the best possible quality partner rather than just any I'll settle for this for now, partner.
2: <laughs> yes. And I think a lot of people will come to me and say, Oh, well, I'm really excited about matchmaking, but I don't need coaching. Mm. And I and I say, Okay, you know, but my, my package includes coaching. And you know, we'll just do a little assessment and we'll figure it out together. And inevitably there's always something that's holding them back that then we can dig into and Specifically talking about those traits when I meet with people for matchmaking, we go through that list, right? What are your top qualities you're looking for in a person? What are the personality traits? What values do you want to share? And I love when I say values and immediately people are stumped and they feel so confused. They're like, oh, values. Okay, could you give me some examples? And even though they know it, it's sometimes not evident. And that's one of the most important pieces to looking um, at your potential partner through that lens of your values.
1: Certainly. And I find this, you know, when I'm sort of doing general goal setting with people, you know, they'll have, um, you know, the goal that they want to be wealthy, but then their values are all around family and Love and relationships, so they're not focused on the business in any way, shape, or form. And I'm saying, well, you know, maybe you need to look at your values. and not very aligned with this goal of you wanting to, you know, make more money in your business.
2: <laughs> it's so true, and and I love just being also able to help people realize that if you really want something in someone. Then you need to be at least trying to bring that to the table. Like, no one is perfect. Everyone is a work in progress, right? But if you're expecting, you know, someone, let's say, to be athletic and you really want them to take care of themselves, but that's at the bottom of your priority list and what you've been making time for in your life, then it's going to be a lot harder for you to attract someone and keep someone in your life that you want to be like that because you're not walking the talk. So that's when we would get into, you know, if that's really something you want, then what can we do now? What are little steps we can do to make that a priority? So even if you're not there yet, that's okay, but you have to be focused on it, right? And moving towards that so that, then when you meet that person who is athletic and health is important to them, you can already have things to share in that and, and then encourage each other.
1: Most certainly. So how, you know, when you have a client come to you and uh, you're talking about, you know, um, do they actually have a, a, a preferential traits list or the, or don't they have a preferential t- traits list? You know, if, if somebody hasn't even thought about, you know, what sort of, traits they are looking for in a potential partner do you always recommend that that's the first place they start
2: yeah like if they haven't really thought it through um i like to use analogies just makes it a little bit easier for us to understand so um i say i have a cake analogy so we're gonna bake a cake and the cake is going to be your person um and you know, the cake starts with the main ingredients. You got eggs, you got flour, you've got sugar, you've got all the things you need, which are like the main relationship things that you want, the things that are non-negotiable in a relationship that you want. And so we get down to what those are. And then, how you bake your cake is your functional and emotional needs. So um, the things that can be on a sliding scale, maybe you really need humor in your relationship, maybe you need someone who's organized, Um, different things of needs, but if someone wasn't 10 out of 10 on that all the time that's okay so anything that can be a sliding scale becomes how you bake your cake so you somebody bakes theirs at 425 for 30 minutes or someone bakes theirs at 300 for an hour and a half or whatever. And then how you decorate that cake is you know, all the things that we bring to the table as far as extras. A lot of women would love someone who's six foot. They would love someone who has a six pack. and uh, makes them laugh all the time. Mm-hmm. But maybe those are the way you decorate the cake. What if the cake showed up and didn't look like that, but it had everything else you know, that's when I, you know, encourage people you got to give people a chance because it's really the ingredients and in how you made that cake that's most important.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, um, another realization is that give that part, potential partner a chance. You know, sometimes attractiveness isn't always imminent. From a first date, you know, it might be worth going on a couple of dates with somebody to really, you know, bring out their, their best traits and sides that uh, then show themselves to be very attractive.
2: Yeah, it takes time to get to know someone, right? And so often we're very quick after a first date to say, oh, no, that person's not for me. And I'll challenge clients and say, okay, well, let's talk about why. Why, why is this person not worth it? another few hours of your time. Um, I love when I get stories from clients and they say, oh, well, you know what? We were together for an hour and a half on that first date, right? And at the end of the date, they said something that clicked. And I realized, oh, I really like that. And then that made me realize I did want to spend more time with them. And I said, you know, what if they hadn't have said that to the second date, but you never made it to that second date, right? Mm. So it is about giving people a chance and an opportunity to get to know them. And, you know, um, Lynn, we were talking a little bit about, you know, just women and how we um, look at men. And for us, you know, in a heterosexual relationships, men really grow on women. There are so many women who will say, oh, I met him and he was okay. You know, like we had some great conversations, but whatever. And then the more they get to know them, they're like, oh, well, then he said something funny and now he's cute. And, you know, we need time sometimes to allow people to grow on us and to give them the space to show us who they are. And on a first date, if somebody looks nice, smells nice, you had an okay time, like you go out again. (laughs) You need to go out again.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it was a definite, you know, one to three out of 10 in terms of you weren't attracted to him in any way, shape or form and totally repelled, then probably not. But, you know, certainly, yes. you know, if he's around a five or six, it, you know, it's definitely worth another shot.
2: hundred percent. And gosh, I just so many people get hung up on, you know, we've made the list. OK, yes, we have made this list. But it might not look or show up how you think and it you might not see all those pieces right away so you need to be flexible and you need to also remember that you are also someone's list and how you show up and they see those things isn't going to be immediate either so i think it's also a lot of um kind of risk taking and in giving people those chances
1: yeah uh, it certainly is. And knowing that, you know, it's good if you feel uncomfortable, you know, it's, it's, it's good if you, um, like you said, take, take, think about it in terms of taking a risk, because even if it doesn't end up being a potential partner, you're learning such a lot from the dating process, aren't you?
2: Yeah, every date is a learning experience, right? You get a chance, like I always say, there's no bad date. Worst case scenario, someone was rude, someone, you know what I mean? Like, that's far and few between. Um, but in the end, it'll either affirm you know what you're looking for and you're getting clearer on how to look for it and the things to ask and the things to share in order to reflect that back. Um, or you'll it'll reaffirm what, you know, you, you know for sure doesn't work for you. But in the end, you've met an, another human, you've had a great, like dating experience maybe you've practiced a dating skill that you know you know you're not the best at right you can always learn something from from a dating experience nothing is for um the sake of nothing
1: and also i think you know if you've met a nice guy but you'd know that he's not necessarily the one for you that you could see you know a potential partner in um certainly that experience might then um be something that you could share with another single girl who might be just his his cup of tea or that you know he's their cup of tea and you it could come about that way couldn't it
2: oh 100 percent. i've had that happen i've set clients up and the one uh woman has said to me um you know leanne uh i really liked him i totally see why you set us up I don't know if he's a matchery, but I told him that he should go out with my girlfriend. <laughs> and and I say kudos to you because that's what it's all about. It's even the same with when people get nervous to do networking or even just get outside their comfort zone at something that's not, let's say, a singles event or where singles for sure going to be. I say you don't know who knows someone for you. Mm. You could meet another really wonderful woman and her brother is great for you. Um, Personally, I had a colleague who was married and we became friends. And one day said, Hey, I know somebody for you. I didn't realize you were single and now he's my husband. So you don't know who's going to know your person. So you always have to be open to those possibilities.
1: Yeah and and then it can make it quite an exciting um opportunity rather than you know thinking oh I've got to go on another date what if he doesn't tick this thing on the list or that thing on the list you can see it as a a real great opportunity rather than you know a a potential chore <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I think that's the key. You know, one of the uh, six predictors of finding love again is being open and staying positive. And if you are open also in those things we were talking about, as far as traits, there's things that I push clients on that I don't think should be deal breakers. You know, a lot of women, like I said, I joked, you know, we want the six foot tall. I'll say, why, what does that represent to you? And they'll say, well, I mean, it means they're confident and it means that they would want to take care of me and it, or it means that they would be able to protect me. And I said, okay, well, then what are other ways you could see that trait? Does that mean that someone who's five foot 11 can't have those traits? So I really encourage people to get outside of, you know, what they think that trait looks like. Excuse me. Same for age. Like especially men, men get so hung up on, you know, well, they need to be this age. And I say, why? Why do they need to be that way? And what's the evidence? And, you know, would one year make or break a really wonderful person for you? And usually in the end, they say no, because they realize that age ultimately doesn't matter. It's lifestyle and where you are in your life and what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I actually look in my mirror and, and tell myself how wonderful it is that I'm reversing the aging process because I'll be the big six zero next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I never look at my age in terms of years. I always look at it in terms of wisdom.
2: Yeah. And people, I think, you know, there is merit sometimes when people want someone closer to their age because they think, oh, they'll get the references that I like, or we'll be able to, you know, do similar things. But in the end, the interests, you know, overall, you don't need somebody who shares all the same interests as you. You you know, having someone exactly the same as you is a little bit boring. Now, that being said, this whole idea of opposites attract. I'm not a subscriber to that. I think we genuinely are looking for someone who shares, like we said, like the values and the main things that we are looking for to build in a relationship. But, you know, if one of you likes skiing and the other one of you, you know, does not, I do not think that that is a deal breaker. I think that's a, hey, I'm going to go skiing and you hang out in the chalet and enjoy some time to yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll talk about it and share about it afterwards because how exciting is it to learn about new things from someone that you're with and have them teach you about it and then share your things with them as well. And I mean, that also ensures that you're going to stay independent. One of the biggest things in a relationship is is thinking about you being in a car, right? If you're in a car, your partner's in a car, you're driving on the path together, right? In both of your cars. You don't want to jump out of your car and get into their car because what if that doesn't work out, right? Mm. You need to have always your own life because... That makes you more interesting to your partner. It's more fulfilling because you have your own interests and things. And then exciting to teach each other and enjoy that together.
1: Definitely. You know, it stops you sliding into that unhealthy space of codependency, doesn't it? Which can become very toxic.
2: Oh, yeah. And it can become so easy, you know. Especially in the beginning, I think, holding those boundaries and giving yourself the space to to stay true to your own things, to make sure you don't walk away from friendships as soon as you start that relationship, right? Or mm. walk away from, you know, your routine of things you love to do. Yes, make space and time for your partner, but you got to keep the things that you love because that's what makes you cool and interesting.
1: Absolutely. And that that's what's attracted him to you. The fact that you're that current independent person doing their the current activities you are doing with the friends that you've got. So, um, you know, if you drop all of that, you suddenly become somebody else.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think that happens in a lot of relationships where we do the pretzel and we do the, you know, codependency and we, and we go all the way because we think, Oh, I just, this person's so great. And I want to give them all my things and I want to give them everything, not realizing that in the end that might, flip and turn that person away from us because they're like I really loved when you had your own life and your own things
1: yeah they're attracted to you you know because you exude that energy of independence and he's or she is just the as I refer to the cherry on the top of the cake you know of an already great life
2: (laughs) I love that the cherry on the top that's so good I think too, you know, um, especially in dating profiles, like when people are doing online dating and they're deciding which traits or which attributes to share about themselves. Honestly, the more you share and you are open about what makes you unique, it's only going to attract people who want to get to know you. I love when people are like, well, I don't know if I should put that because that might you know, lower my chances of getting lots of messages. And I say, well, you don't want lots of messages. You want the people who are intrigued by what makes you special. And those are the people who you're going to have a better relationship with. So let's put it on display. Let's be unique. Let's show off your, you know, let's say really weird hobby or let's show off that, you know, you love to debate or let's, you know, let's not shy away from it because ultimately if you're proud and happy with who you are and you've done that work, well then we want to showcase that because it's going to attract somebody who has those same traits. Right. And who does want to debate or who thinks it's cool that, you know, I don't know, weird hobby, like thinks that it's cool that you, you know, um, you ride horses, you know what I mean, five days a week or you do this or whatever it is. Right.
1: Definitely. You know, it it is quality. In other words, the the better uh, type of much for you rather than quantity.
2: Yeah, I think people get really hung up on that especially in online dating. Well, I don't have a lot of messages. And I'm like, but are the people you're choosing and taking the time to write messages to, are they the people you're really interested in? And well then, you know, you just keep going. It's less about having the masses. It's about casting a net wide, but I think it's about casting a net wide in your tools. So that's why I say, do the online dating. A lot of people think, oh, I just can't. And I'm like, you know what? It's not going away. It's part of our digital world now. You know, it's got to be a tool in the toolbox. But you also have lots of other tools where you can meet people in life, be at certain events, join groups, use a matchmaker. You know, there are lots of ways to meet people. So it's a tool. Um, But in which case, exactly like you said, Lynn, don't worry about the quantity worry about the quantity and getting more narrow and more narrow as you go on because you're going to get clearer and clearer
1: yeah quality every time because they're going to be far better you know suitable matches for what you're looking for than um, you know if you spread your net too wide and and then you're thinning out the chances of, of meeting those quality people that are potentially a great match for future partner yeah So true. So when you think about um, explaining um, to say somebody who's really naive and and they're thinking about, well, I've not really thought about what traits I want in another partner. How do you sort of instigate that conversation as to what are traits and and what potentially are good traits to look for in a partner?
2: Yeah, you know... I usually offer them a few lists of things and say, you know, this is not extensive, but this is just to get your juices flowing and get you thinking about what those things are. But, you know, personality wise, I have like a little bit of a a chart where, you know, when you look at personality traits, there's usually an opposite, right? Like, so for instance, a big one is introverted or extroverted, right? Yes. And where do you fall on that scale? And then where do you think it would be great for your partner to fall on that scale? Some people think, oh, you know, I really want someone who's extroverted because I'm super introverted. It'll help me. And that's where I stop and say, okay, we need to remember that our partner isn't here to change us a partner is here to compliment us. Mm. So if you really want to be more extroverted in the way you are, or you're feeling shy and, you know, you want to be able to have uh, more conversations or be able to engage more in social situations, that's something you have to work on yourself, right? Yes. Um, you can't rely on that person to do that. But if you are more introverted and you would like someone a bit more extroverted because you just, Feel In general, you're a little more attracted to that. Then that's definitely okay. Right. But I think it comes down to, especially with those personality traits, not necessarily like when you look at yourself, think about what's going to compliment or what you like, not like someone's trait that you're expecting them to help you with. That's, I think, where we get stuck. So I think people really appreciate that and then are able to look at those traits a little more objectively mm-hmm. and go, what really would compliment me? You know, for instance, when I met my husband, I knew that I really, I tend to be a little more chatty, a little more outgoing, and it was hard for me to be with someone a little bit more introverted because it made me maybe not feel so confident about that trait so I knew that I like to have someone who is a bit more extroverted because it would reaffirm to me that I enjoy being like that and I knew that we could go to social situations and I would enjoy having them there also engaging in conversations
1: yeah and, and he wouldn't so, feel awkward in that situation because it's, it's not his scene <laughs>
2: yeah exactly right and i have a lot of people who feel like that for instance but then i have a lot of introverts who say you know um it would be um nice for me to also have someone who's introverted so if we do go to a social social situation we work together to talk to people and it's okay when we're ready to leave and we've had enough of that you know situation right Um, So personality traits, I definitely use the scale and we go through the different traits and go, well, if I'm on this end, where or I'm in the middle, do I also want somebody else who's in the middle or what does that look like? Right. Um, And personality traits are a bit easier to see when you meet somebody. I think the cake traits that we were talking about, like the nitty gritty things about what you want your relationship to be like, take a bit more time to assess, right? Um, But values, for instance, which is all part of that as well, you can sometimes tell, you know, I had a client who said, family is super important to her, her and her sister, you know, attached at the hip. And someone on a date said something like they didn't even know what their, one of their siblings did for work. And for her immediately that sparked, ah, you know, I really do want someone who's involved with their family and really is part of that. So she knew that maybe that value might be off for her. Mm. And that was a great way to assess it, right? Figuring out how to assess those traits on dates too, super important. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that.
1: Yeah. I think that's very true. And, and sometimes, you know, um, like you say, people get confused about the distinction between what are complementary traits and, and what are traits that you might be just wanting because you want to fill that void in you or, or want them to, yes. you know, uh, teach you to be more like that.
2: And I think like we said earlier, Lynn, the idea of giving people a chance to, you know, we're not perfect. And when our partner, our partner for us meets us, there's going to be one or two things where they're like, it'd be great if you were higher on the scale on this trait, but It doesn't matter because you have all the other things. And I think that's part of the key as well is, you know, if someone's got one of those traits and it's close to where you want it, but maybe it's not exactly there, but there's all the other good things, don't write that person off. It's, you know what I mean? Like give it a chance, see how it goes, and see if that is a compromise you're willing to take. I think there's a lot of, talk about, don't compromise in a relationship and, you know, don't, don't settle. I really dislike that word. I think it, it allows us then to think that other people are going to be perfect. And that also puts the pressure on us to be perfect. And I think it's about assessing, you know, how much of something someone has and doing the compromise there, right? Being like, it would be great if someone was a six out of 10 on this trait, but, you know, if they're only kind of showing up as a four, I can still take it because they got the values and the lifestyle I want, right? Mm. Um, I think that's the idea of compromise. When I think settle, I think people think, "Oh, well, I'm not going to get all the things I want," and I don't think that's the right mindset.
1: No, it's not. You know, um, you know, like you say that that sort of sell- settling connotation, um I think, can also make us eliminate people so quickly. Uh, and not give them a chance when there could have been a perfect, great partner for you. Um, uh, And, you know, by being overly picky and not having that flexibility um, can can leave you single for a hell of a lot of years.
2: Right? (laughs) I think you're so right in the picky. And I have a lot of people who come to me and say, I think I'm too picky. And I go, "Okay, well, let's look at it. Right. And, and then, and and know that I'm here to challenge you if I think you're being too picky. Right. Um, And I'm a big advocate for dating your non type. I think it's so important to, you know, go out on some dates with people. Maybe you think you might never have gone on a date with. Mm. And a lot of people, when I say, you know, if you look back in your dating history, is there anybody you think you should have gave a chance and you didn't? Most of the time they're like, yeah there is right and that's where i go you know you just don't know enough from an immediate first impression with someone uh if they're outside your quote-unquote type right especially when people get stuck on physical types i encourage them to date somebody who's not your type if you only date tall blondes then i want you to date a short brunette right like Mm. let's give it a try and see because you know especially with the physical types we all get older. We all are gonna Like no one is escaping aging. So I think it's important to get outside your physical type 100% and just try it on. There is no harm in getting to know somebody and seeing if, you know, those things really are malleable and if you've been stuck in a, in a certain type.
1: I agree with that because I can remember, you know, when I was in my teens and twenties, um, you know, at that time amongst my peers, I, I don't feel it so much now, but I was considered taller than average. So for me, you know, I was definitely looking for a guy that was taller than me. And I, and on top of that, because I was quite curvaceous, I also wanted a guy that was taller than me to make me feel not so conspicuous in my size. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's, now when I look back at, at, at those that that sort of thinking I'm thinking why you know because I excluded so many lovely guys who could have you know potentially been a great match for me otherwise.
2: yes it's so true and and I say um uh, a really good coach friend of mine, Lori Davis, she has a great TED talk called saying yes to the maybe. And I share it with clients all the time because, you know, in her company, she had done a lot of research on, you know, with online dating, who did you actually end up with? Did you end up with your yes or did you end up with your maybe person? And I think it was something like 90% of the time people end up with someone they, they said maybe to. Mm. And I think it's really important. I'm geeky about science and I love all that kind of stuff. And I love knowing from like, you know, the algorithms and things we've learned now because we've got that technology and who people end up with. And that's why I say, you know, you have to, you know, I say for every, you know, five yeses, you got to say yes to a maybe and see, especially in the online culture too, people take terrible photos I take terrible photos. I can remember going on dates and and my date saying, wow, you're, you're really gorgeous in person. And I didn't take it personally because I knew I'm not super photogenic. But, you know, in the online culture, that might have, you know, held me back because maybe people didn't get the right impression of me through the photos. And that's where I go, you can't totally get a sense of someone from photos and writing you got to meet them in person and you got to give them a chance and that's why you say yes to the maybe
1: I think that's gonna be a great title for this podcast saying yeah, yes to the maybe <laughs> say
2: yes to the maybe I mean I'm glad I I, I give that to my friend Laurie uh, but it's it's so important you know and you've got you've got to really give people a chance and I think it also plays into our fears right and and knowing that you know the more you just get out there and give it a try the less scary dating becomes and I think that also helps you become more open
1: definitely um you know there's been so much wisdom shared there I, I really, really, really think the audience and the listeners are going to uh, get a lot of value from listening to this particular episode. So, thank you so much for for sharing all of that in this discussion.
2: Oh my gosh, my pleasure! I love talking about this stuff. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, could would you share, um, you know, your your best contact information? I, I know that my listeners know that all of it is going to be in the show notes anyway but i also like you know to give the guest an option to share it on the audio as well
2: yeah so um you can uh, get in touch with me uh, at on instagram at love coach leanne uh you can also find me uh on the web at lovecoachleanne.com, and i always have my calendar open for free calls for, like 20 minutes always always welcome uh talking to people to offer my advice and uh and see how i can help them or give them a resource on their journey
1: brilliant thank you so much for that and uh, i'll just affirm again that i will make sure that leanne's contact information as well as her personal bio information is included as always uh in our show notes for those of you who didn't quite catch that on the audio so it just leads me to say, Leanne, thank you so much again for sharing your insights and, and great tips around, um, you know, uh, saying yes to the maybes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know the, the the quality over quantity around the trades.
2: No, thank you so much, and in your wonderful host, Lynn. it's been awesome to have a chat.
1: Thank you. So on that note, um, thank you, listeners, and we're very grateful for you tuning in. I'm going to end with. As always, true love starts with opening our hearts. So
0: until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.